Recently in Melbourne, Australia's National Digital Health Initiative and THT Plus members and health held their National Digital Health Summit. And Sophie from the team was there to capture conversations with speakers for this special audio-only episode of the Talking Health Tech podcast. The End Health Digital Health Summit had a strong focus on international market expansion and brought together the brightest minds in digital health to discuss critical industry topics and trends. Throughout this episode, we dive into the heart of the summit, exploring the latest international market trends in digital health and shedding light on how Australian SMEs can successfully navigate the complex landscape of international market expansion. And in this episode, we talk about what does connected healthcare mean for Australia and Australians? International trends in digital health, the good, the bad and the inspiring. And we learn about what a provider-led model for accelerating translation and implementation means in the current climate of health technology. Collaboration starts with a conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech, featuring content and community about technology and healthcare. Between now and the end of June, we're conducting the 2024 Talking Health Tech audience survey. This helps us prioritize content, hone in key messages, and refine the show to make it even better. We also want to understand who the biggest cohorts of our audience are. So I'd love for you to take five or 10 minutes to have your say and complete the survey. Everyone who completes it goes in the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of THT Plus membership credits to put towards a membership for yourself as an individual or to help get the word out about your company. The link to complete the survey is in the show notes of this episode or just go to talkinghealthtech.com survey. We acknowledge the traditional owners of lands these conversations were recorded and pay respect to elders past and present. Hello, welcome to Talking Health Tech and welcome to the And Health Summit to take off digital health in Australia. So can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do? Hi, I'm Dr. Devinder Chauhan. I'm a retina specialist by training and I'm also the CEO and founder of MacEject. It's a decision support company that helps doctors make the right decisions. And it's essentially about getting the highest quality of care to the most people at the least cost of society. Amazing. And you were here today, you spoke at the event? Yeah. Today's event was primarily from the point of view of my talk about how we're moving from being a startup here in Australia to move into the US. I followed a couple of other talks where people were further along the journey and we're just at the beginning of that. Amazing. So how have you found your journey so far into the US market? I was saying earlier on that I've been to the US for 20% the last 18 months, backwards and forwards. So spent a lot of time there. And the most important thing was that we've developed networks and learnt lots. And it's very different from here. So there's a, a whole bunch of stuff that we've had to do from scratch almost. And there's a lot of stuff that I've learned about what we're going to need to do to make the US successful. Amazing. So who else were you talking with today on the panel? The other people speaking as startups were, yep. well, one was Alcidium, which isn't a startup, yep. but they've been through the journey. Kate Quirk was talking about that. And the other company was talking was Perks. And the two founders have been in the States for the last year and a half, two years. And they're further along the journey. So it was essentially hearing about how they've approached what they're doing and how and where things are going from now. And what sort of insights did you take away from that? The most important thing I learned from that, and also a talk from Ken Buck earlier on, 
was essentially to make sure you have data regarding ROI. It's not just enough to say, hey, this is a cool thing. We're going to need to be able to say, this is a cool thing, and here's your return on investment for different stakeholders and customers. Uh, we were planning to do that, but it's just reinforced the fact that we're going to definitely need to do so. Fantastic. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add to our little chat today? Everything we need is actually in the US. Yeah. So if this is an Australian audience, then it's going to be wanting to talk with people who've had experience of setting things up in the US in terms of our particular space, which is optometry and ophthalmology. Otherwise, people who want to find out more, we're more than happy to talk with them. We'll learn something from everyone and they may even find the next person to be in our team. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you for your time today, Dr. Davinda. Thanks. Thank you. Welcome to Talking Health Tech. I'm here at the Ant Health Digital Health Summit, ready to take off. And I'm here with Fiona Hammond from Perks Health. So I'm the Director of Enterprise at Perks Health. Amazing. Well, it's lovely to have you here. Now, I unfortunately, due to some um, fun times with flights, was unable to see your session today. Can you give us a little bit of a run through what you spoke about and who was on your panel? Yeah, definitely. So I was along with Kate Quirk from Adelissian and myself. We both spoke just in two 10-minute introductions about our company. So I spoke about Perks Health. So I'm the Director of Enterprise at Perks Health and Perks is a digital engagement platform. So we have been around since 2017. And we've had a lot of success across the Australian market around providing really significant health outcomes for patients through using digital tools, so digital patient engagement tools, and how we're moving the needle by providing really solid daily engagement to get better health outcomes. And we've recently, in the last 24 months, moved over to the US and we're really making an impact there in the US. So I spoke a little bit about that. Wow. So what were the biggest challenges that you spoke about today about cracking that US market? Yeah, so I think one of the biggest, the most important things and one of the flaws within digital health today is having evidence and showing that return on investment for the end users of how we can commercialise. So how we started initially through Perks Health was having a very evidence-based approach and using data to show that our solution was useful and moving the needle in terms of health outcomes. So it's been a, a long slog. I know that boys that have started Perks Health, the two CEOs who are now based in the US trying to grow that market. One of the biggest challenges was, you know, cracking into that public health landscape because it's difficult to navigate, but then getting some evidence-based and and running randomised control trials to have that evidence and was a long slog, but we're getting through it and seeing some great outcomes. And gaining some traction now. So a good story for an Australian company cracking the US market. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Fantastic. Now, you've had the pleasure of being here all day, mm-hmm. watched a couple of the other panels. Do you have any other takeaways or insights that you've got from today? Yeah, I think it's been really insightful to hear from so many different people from different areas of health. Uh, you know, health is digital health is such a big landscape and everyone does have an aligned vision in terms of, you know, wanting to provide equity of care and using technology to do that. But how can we do that across multiple different industries and how can we make that sustainable using digital health? So I think Ken and Kate from Chicago Arc have been really interesting around how they've set up their model in the US and some of those tactics of making sure that we're sharing knowledge and not recreating the wheel. I think everyone and days like today has been a, a great insight to have that connection to talk to other people who have been on similar journeys and and understand some of those learns. So I think that's been 
really useful because, yeah, if you're going to be in a hole together, you want to have someone else who knows how to get out of the hole. And that was something that we got from Ken this morning in his talk. And I think that runs true to how can we help each other to ultimately provide you know better health outcomes as a whole global approach. Amazing. Well, thank you for your time today. I'll let you get back so you can catch the final sessions for the day, but appreciate your time. No worries. Thank you. Hey, Peter, how are you going? Good. Thanks, Sophie. Yourself? Very well. Thanks for joining me today. Can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. My name is Peter Hawkes. I look after our general surgery and plastics business at Johnson Johnson MedTech. I've been with the company for about 14 years now and have not only played in the commercial side of the business, but I've also worked on business development. So essentially, I looked for external innovation across Asia Pacific on behalf of J&J MedTech. So I had the fun opportunity of meeting all these great and interesting startups. So it was a lot of fun. Amazing. And you've been here today to talk about? Yeah. So how do you partner with Big Farm and Big MedTech? So we just spent one hour there really deep diving into you know, I mean, these companies are big, right? And mm. you're like, where do I even start when it comes to partnering with them? So we really looked at what ways do we look to partner with them? So, you know, how do we, uh, and from a J&J perspective, I had the opportunity to explain how we have different vehicles that we can partner with a company no matter where they are in their life cycle. Mm-hmm. So whether it is early stage through our Johnson Johnson Innovation Centres or our incubators, which is called J-Labs, whether it's through our equity investment arm called JJDC or Johnson Johnson Development Corporation, Mm -hmm. or some of the traditional means through business development and the like. So really exploring how do you partner with big multinational like J&J if you're a startup or an established company. Amazing. And what were some other key takeaways from your other panelists that you found insightful? Yeah, so very diverse, right? We had Farmer on there as well. And I think you know, we all come from a different lens and, you know, one of the key takeaways I found from some of the other panelists was such a relationship-based game. So mm. building those relationships within companies, not relying on just one individual. And so, you know, I think there were some great points made by Emma and Kim around that space as well. And some of the, also the examples of when they've gone to pitch to a multinational and their experiences, what's worked and what hasn't worked and sharing some of those stories, I think, you know, certainly helped me in terms of, you know, if I see a startup, how do I help them? be successful and give them the best chance to partner with a company like us. Yeah, brilliant. So you've been here all day. You've watched a few of the other sessions. Yep. How have you found the day so far? Oh, it's been fantastic. Yeah, it's great to have some international guest speakers like Kate come in and just to really understand and hear, you know, I mean, clearly what I love is everyone has a real patient focus mentality. No matter if you're in farm or startups or wherever it might is, that kind of patient focus mentality. And what's interesting is certainly from Kate's talk about how she has managed in the Chicago arc, which she talked about, lining up unmet needs and identifying those in the community to make equitable health, but also lining those up with potential solutions from companies and then also the payers who could potentially pay that. And looking at it not only from just one lens, but also how does that whole ecosystem work in order to create you know an outcome that really creates solutions for unmet needs in mm-hmm. the market yeah brilliant well thank you for your time today no worries thank really you really appreciate it and we'll see you at the next and health summit we'll look forward to it Thanks. all right thank you 
Welcome to Talking Health Tech. Can you tell me who you are and what you do? Yeah, thanks Sophie. So my name's Emma Ball. So I work for Illumina, which is the global leader in genomics technology. So it's a US-based company headquartered in San Diego, about 10,000 people globally. My role specifically is head of ecosystem development for the Asia Pacific, Middle East and Africa region. Oh wow, so there's quite a scope there. Yep, yep. So I work a lot with startups, so trying to support startups using our technology, and then also strategic partnering with governments, corporates, academics, and others. Great. So you've been on a panel today. Who was on the panel with you? So it was Peter and Kim. Mm -hmm. Yep, Peter from J&J and Kim from Ant Health. Amazing. And what did you guys talk about today? So we talked about the challenges of trying to partner with larger corporates, whether it's pharma or med tech, and really trying to find where is the front door to those mm. organisations? Who are who are the advocates? Who do you partner with? How do you even start that process? And, and the challenges in doing so. And I think what we learnt is that there's no one size fits all. Every company is different. Every company has got different strategic priorities, different structures, and all of that makes it really, really hard to find that front door. So what are the biggest challenges that you find from your perspective? In terms of? Of those smaller companies coming to you and wanting to sort of crack yeah, that so relationship. I think I'm, I'm in a really fun role in that I am that front door for mm. startups. And so often, you know, we try and help them, you know, we've got a lab here in Melbourne, so we can help them generate some proof of concept data, no strings attached, you know, we don't take IP, we don't take equity. We can connect those startups to subject matter experts, you know, if they're looking for advice on how to enter the US market, if they need health economic advice or regulatory advice. So that's a really nice role for me to be in. And if it's not something that I can help with, then often I'll refer those startups to my colleagues, whether it be in business development, market development or commercial. Oh, amazing. So what is like when you're out there looking and having these chats with the startups, what is it that you're looking for? So I guess a platform technology company, ultimately. And so we're looking for startups that are really using our platform, our technology, and really looking at developing new applications, new markets for our technology. And do you have any insights from today that you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, so the big surprise for me was Ken and how bullish he is about how the market's going to turn around in Q1 and Q2. He's the first person that I've heard that has actually stuck his neck out and provided some sort of positive guidance about what the future looks like. And it's literally right around the corner. So I really hope that he's right. He seems to have some sort of anecdotal hard evidence to back that up. So I really hope that he's right. Yeah, fingers crossed. I'm sure there's all of us in the space here in Australia would be hoping that that is correct and true and a brighter 2024. Absolutely. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Emma, thank you so much for your time today. I hope you enjoy the rest of the Ant Health Summit. Thanks so much, Sophie. Bye. Bye. The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years, all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help, yes you, to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness. 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around, 
I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more, preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or ten minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. And to say thanks for your input, everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to talkinghealthtech.com survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. Hello. Thank you for your time stepping down from the panel. Can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you spoke about today? Great. Thanks for having me, Sophie. So my name's Amandeep Pansera. I'm a GP and a digital health expert, I guess. I spend a lot of my time working with health tech startups, also an investor with Australian Medical Angels, which is an angel syndicate that invests in health tech companies and a bit of an evangelist of this whole space. So that's me. Amazing. So you were on, this is one of the few panels that I've got to see today, so I was a little bit late, but I found it to be really insightful. See, it was very frank. And it's quite lively. Can you tell us a little bit about what the panel was about today? So the panel was really focusing on sort of a multi-perspective on what good looks like when it comes to digital health. So we had sort of investors, health systems, we had a hospital clinician, we had the regulator, and obviously mine was more of the primary care perspective. It did get quite lively. I hope it wasn't too much of a negative panel, but it really was talking about what kind of digital health innovations are actually going to make a difference, have an impact, and what does a system actually need? Because there's lots of solutions being built that either aren't safe, haven't been regulated properly, aren't actually solving an unmet need, and that won't get the sort of uptake and adoption that they think they might. So lots of conversations, and we went down the generative AI path, which is always a bit dangerous, because <laughs> very controversial, and um, had lots of sort of different opinions on that as well. Yeah, there was, there was lots to take away from that. I'm really looking forward to catching up with some of the other panelists and yeah. hearing their perspectives. What were some things that jumped out of you or surprised you from the panel? I think particularly listening to some of Tracy's comments from the TGA, from the regulator, just for you know their perspective on the horses bolted, that there's so much activity happening and we're sort of playing catch up. And I think particularly in the AI and the generative AI space that this is moving a million miles per hour and there is no way even globally that a lot of the regulators can manage because there are products that are being downloaded from other countries and how do you ring fence that as a country, as a nation to stop products that don't meet the regulation here in this country being used by consumers. I think the other aspect is also around consumers just taking everything into their own hands. So, mm. you know, not engaging with healthcare practitioners or the healthcare system. And again, that's another area where I feel like we've lost a bit of control. So it's kind of scary times. I mean, exciting in some of the opportunities that I think some of these technologies can provide in terms of better patient outcomes or improving the system or helping us with efficiency. But I think it's also a bit of a scary time, particularly for practitioners who haven't jumped on the technology sort of bandwagon that they're really going to be left behind. Yeah. And that was a point you made that I really liked around the clinician. Like we now have this first generation coming through that are digital natives yeah. and they are just, they pick it up, they use it, they're wanting to engage with it. And then you have the older generation that we've done it this particular way and we don't understand it. It's yeah. actually quite terrifying looking at some of the yeah 
technology that is out there and what we can use, but how do we use it appropriately yeah. within our to support our clinical decision making? Yeah, I mean, it just didn't strike me until I was at this conference last week that we do have this massive gap in knowledge and transfer of knowledge. So traditionally, you know, the healthcare system is structured in a way that we learn from our seniors. So we go and kind of get mentored through training processes. But there's a whole gap that, you know, in terms of knowledge from some of the senior clinicians being able to pass on to the juniors of how do you use AI? I mean, even how to use EMRs, like there's a lots of senior consultants that won't use EMRs and they rely on the junior doctors to know how to use it or how do we use all the data that we're collecting in the healthcare system. And so we've got this generation of, of younger clinicians who are having to kind of make it up as they go along. And when they don't have the experience of some of the senior clinicians around sort of clinical impacts, then we're kind of in a little bit of a dangerous zone. I think the future generations, it will get easier and Mm. easier. But my sort of approach to all of it is being very principle-based. So if we go back to sort of clinical governance principles of not doing any harm, of protecting patients' data, whether it's data that was handwritten in a manila file or whether it's, you know, on an EMR, whether it's going offshore, you know, with some AI tool, like we have to keep coming back down to the basics of safety and quality in healthcare. And if we stick to the basics, then I think we, you know, we're going to go much further. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for your time today. I know you've got a busy afternoon ahead. So no, appreciate your time. So much for having me. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, Bron, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm Bron Grice. I'm the CEO of Ant Health. And Health is Australia's only dedicated digital health accelerator and incubator. So we do a number of things. We do industry development and advocacy. We also do investment readiness and education and commercialization training. And then we also manage non-dilutive investment on behalf of the Medical Research Future Fund. Awesome. So let's dive into a little bit about what brought about the Ant Health Digital Health Summit. Ready for takeoff. Sure. So we've been running summits since we were first incorporated. In fact, the first summit we ran... 10 days after the birth of my first child. So I missed half of it, but apparently it was fantastic. And so one of the reasons we run summits is because when we started in digital health, it was a really, it's still a nascent industry, but it was really nascent. Mm. And trying to bring those international and national thought leaders together to talk about what it is, how it's more than electronic health records, how it can change patient outcomes. And now they've really become a forum that's a really key platform of our industry development activity, which is bringing international thought leaders like Ken Bark and Kate Mersh and as, along with you know our national thought leaders, and we've had some amazing Australian execs here today, and really bringing them together to explore in a small, intimate, highly interactive forum what best practice looks like, but in a realistic way. So we're not here to, to spruik the industry to anyone. We're here to talk about the real life challenges that our innovators face, that our health systems face that our investors are facing. So just really unpicking all of those things and trying to build that understanding that enables the whole industry to come together and grow. Mm, I have to say this is my first summit and I have just been blown away by the quality of the panels, the rawness, the honesty, and it's fun. It's really engaging and it's entertaining. And I have just taken away so much as someone with a clinical background and getting to know the health tech industry. It's been a really wonderful day. Yes, it's really interesting. So anyone that's met me knows I am famously unfiltered. I was born with zero filter between brain and mouth and haven't really done a good job of addressing that, I guess, as I've I've come through my career. But also turning that to an advantage in that we, we run a series which you guys are involved in called Frank and Fearless. But Frank and Fearless is who we are, right? Mm. So we have to say the things that people don't want to say. 
if all we do is tell everyone that every company will be a unicorn and every company can be a success and anyone can do healthcare, it's just not true. So honesty actually helps people make smarter decisions. So for us, it's about bringing real life experience, real life knowledge, Mm. real world examples to our sector and enabling everyone to come together and learn from that versus just saying, aren't we amazing all the time and living in what I would call a self-fulfilling bubble. So without that real world interface, and one of our speakers, and you may be talking to Ken, talked about the current correction in valuations for companies. This is actually normal for those of us that lived through the last ones, whereas the last 10 years of massively inflated valuations were abnormal. But for many of our younger innovators, they only knew that environment. Mm. So I think that diversity of thought and diversity of experience is also important. You know, the sky's not falling in. We've all been here before. It's a cycle. We'll come out of it. They're all really important things, but unless we confront them head on, we can't address them and work out how we get out the other side. And so what other key takeaways do you have from today? So that's always a hard question. Yeah. A good but difficult question. (laughs) For me, I think the big thing I took away was in the last panel when Ken said, if you design for underserved populations, you can always move that technology upstream. But if you design for wealthy and worried well populations, you can't always work it back. I think that's an incredibly powerful message. We do see a lot of technologies designed for the private health system or people in urban environments who have ready access to care, whether it's GPs or allied health or community care or aged care or hospital care. We don't see a lot of companies focusing specifically on underserved populations in Australia. And I do think that that health equity angle is really important. Mm. It's also one of the biggest areas where digital health can transform the lives of millions of people, which is providing that level of quality to people that can't otherwise access it. Mm. Yeah, that last panel was fantastic. I think so many interesting takeaways from that, the upstream, downstream of how we plan and what data data sets we're putting into these new models and how we're using them, how we are now having this shift in generations from our digital natives to those that haven't been exposed to it. Us Gen Xs. Us Gen Xs and and what that looks like. And, and, you know, it makes for turbulent times. Yeah, and I think just to touch on data sets, there's been a lot of commentary about diversity in the press and social media posts that have gone somewhat, got a little bit more exciting than maybe I had thought my post would get. But, you know, data sets are really important and it's not just the data sets. It's the data sets when we talk about industry data. It's the data sets when we talk about diversity. It's the data sets that we put into our generative AI. You know, it's the data sets we put into any algorithm to train that algorithm and, you know, we know that a certain demographic and, you know, that's generally middle-aged white men are much more likely to allow their data to be used for mm. research. So because of their consent, their data is much more likely to be used in generating product. And we really need to think about the fact that there's another 50% of the population that are women and then there's other groups within that. So there's different races and different ethnicities and different socio-demographic backgrounds. And in fact, the quality of data going to our products is just so important mm. And some of those data sets may not be available. So sometimes we might actually have to go and find or create data sets Mm. just to get rid of the bias that is inherent in the data sets that we use. Yeah, a a lot to do. Oh, well, there's always a lot to do. (laughs) Well, Bron, thank you. And thank you for such an engaging and wonderful summit. Look forward to the next one. Yeah, can't wait to see you next time. Thanks, Sophie. All right, wonderful. Welcome to Talking Health Tech. Can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yep. My name is Kate Merton. I'm the Executive Director of Chicago Arc, which is a health equity collaborative based in the uh, middle of the US. Amazing. So is this your first time to Australia? 
It is. I've been very excited to come. I've been trying for years and now COVID is gone. I finally got to make my entrance. And what an entrance to an <laughs> Ant Health Summit. I know, but Bron has been trying to do it for a while and we're just very excited to be here to have like sort of the bi-directional learning conversation with the startups here in Australia and hopefully the info we can provide them from the US. Yeah, so you were one of our keynotes here today. Can you tell me a little bit about what you spoke about? Yeah, yeah, happy to. So my keynote, I actually got to talk about our model, which is thinking about the underserved, thinking about the underserved, their healthcare needs and all the other things that you need to think about if you're truly going to impact their life. And so part of that was talking about the ecosystem of health systems and community groups and corporates that we have put together in Illinois, in the US, to sort of affect the change in healthcare. And what are some of the key takeaways or learnings that you've had from that particular experience in the US? So key learning is that you should never go and try and bring in a new technology until you've asked the people on the front line if they truly need it. And there is a big difference between what they want and what they need. So we have learned a lot about actually the process of doing this and how you go about doing it and making it more efficient. That's one thing we'd, we'd love to share here in Australia. And then also the great things that we have discovered is that as you've identified the need and then you go out and you look for the right technology, it doesn't have to be homegrown. And one of the wonderful things is we prioritize rural health inequity in Illinois. And that's also something from a source of technology we've seen here in Australia mm. because people also have to think about that. So it's a great opportunity to learn when we come here and maybe bring some of that startup technology back. Yeah. So what takeaways do you have from the other panels that you've watched today or been on? I know you were just on one that I watched <laughs> and I think there's quite a few really great points in that panel around the data sets and who you're designing mm -hmm. for just around what makes good digital health. What really works here. Yeah, so it's been a, I think it's been a great day of different keynotes and perspectives and the best thing that And Health has brought all these experts together. Obviously there was Ken Buck, who's the co-founder of Chicago Arc with me, hearing his insights about sort of investment and what you truly need to do to be successful and also sort of manage the, the rather stringent environment of the moment. Mm -hmm. I think that was very interesting around the data. And then that also led into another panel around those that want to work with large corporates and pharma and what they're truly looking for, like frankly, and also how you navigate those relationships successfully. And then on the panel I was just on about saying maybe how do you use ChatGPT and what are all the other considerations and how important it is to engage regulators up front. I think that was actually one of the most important things that we heard. It doesn't matter if you're making a drug, a diagnostic, medtech, digital health, engage the regulators because they are your friend and they want to help. Yeah, I, I loved the comment that they are your friend and it becomes a marriage. And mm -hmm. as we know, all good marriages take a lot of work. Yep. So definitely worth the time and investment for a, a successful product. Yeah, very much so. And I think it's great for Ken and I as we're here to learn more about the Australian regulatory process as well, because it makes us better educated about the tech hopefully we're going to find. And then also as we bring our learnings around healthcare and other tech, where it just makes us sort of pre-arms to make sure we're not wasting anybody's time when we bring it in. Yeah, amazing. Well, Kate, thank you for your time today. I hope You're you enjoy welcome. your time in Australia and we look forward to welcoming you back next time. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you made it this far, you're the perfect person that I want to hear from. Our THT Plus audience survey is now open until the end of June, and I personally read every submission. In fact, if you leave a comment in the survey that you heard this promotion in a podcast episode, I promise I'll reply directly to you by email with a personal note of thanks, and I'll even buy your coffee next time I see you in person. It's pretty easy. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey and have your say. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talking Health Tech. Make sure you like and subscribe and share this episode with someone who might find it valuable. 
For more information and resources about healthcare innovation, visit TalkingHealthTech.com.